0: Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast. we got the whole squad of four here on an off day with uh, some ranging NHL hockey news. A little bit all over the place. We'll get into uh, some GM stuff and the firing of Yarbo Kekalainen in Columbus. We'll talk about some scouting stuff. We'll talk about some of the players the Avs definitely won't get at the deadline. Uh, But first, I wanted to uh, talk about the Arizona Coyotes, or rather... The Arizona Coyotes announcing a streaming platform for their NHL games uh, where local markets will be able to access all of their games via streaming for $12 a month. It's been a hot topic in Colorado for a long time, obviously, with the dispute that Altitude has been going through with Comcast about finding effective ways to provide their product to the people in their local broadcast area is Arizona a proof of concept that this is a feasible thing that more NHL teams should be doing? Or is this a organization that has been desperate to find avenues to get their products to people for a long time?
3: I think on one hand, uh, Avalanche fans should be looking at it going, okay, we've Where's been ours? hearing, we've yeah. been hearing for five years that this isn't viable. Yeah. So uh, there should absolutely be some frustration just with that. We've seen um, with baseball and basketball, so there have been some rights disputes with uh, Bally and AT&T mm-hmm. kind of pulling out of the sports market altogether. Um, and, and teams have come up with solutions because they didn't want to not have their local fans have access to the games. Yep. And it's been very frustrating to sit in Colorado and watch as those happened. Because out, KSE just seems totally apathetic to to the plight of colorado sports fans yep their answer to everything is get direct tv and if that's not a viable option then they're like we'll get Fubo," and it's and it's just like <laughs> all right so uh, on one hand that part is frustrating on the other hand do you really ever want to be taking a cue from the arizona coyotes
0: not, I don't want to dunk on them. But I'm not trying to, but that's... What I'm saying is that's an organization no, no, no. that... I'm, I'm backing you up here by saying the reality of the situation is, is the Arizona Coyotes have never been a profitable organization.
3: No. Yeah.
0: I don't have the numbers, obviously. I don't know what this streaming platform is going to do for them. But based on that organization, I don't know if it will be a profitable measure. With that being said, what... I'm not off the top of my head. Yeah, you know. it was
3: it was yeah it was a hundred bucks for the for Rocky to see Rockies We're games. Rockies.
0: So that's not that Arizona's thing for hockey season would be like about the same price. Yeah. So right
3: now the one that they announced was it's eleven ninety nine for a monthly. Yep. There's two months left in the season, mm-hmm. so yeah. Uh, and then twenty four ninety nine for the rest of the season. So about twenty seven, twenty eight games, something like that. Yep. You're you're right. Seems you're like right in the range of a dollar a game yeah. for the rest of the year. I, to me, I'm like if if the ABS announced that tomorrow, easily. I would sign up immediately, 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 because I would want to. I would want to support that. Yep. We wouldn't personally need it, but I would absolutely want to support that and give them give them money to say, hey, this is this is what we've wanted the entire time. Yep.
0: This side of the couch feels on it.
4: It. It feels like proof of concept that this okay. is conceivable. I think the fact that it is a necessity for Arizona to have come out with this Fair. also helps, but it also points to how a team with some amount of dysfunction and uncertainty around it is able to pull off a streaming certain service. So I don't see the excuse then for a team like the Avalanche with a passionate base, well-established behind it, not to have something like that available to them. I think it's a disservice to the growth of the game, you know, just beyond the Colorado fan base. It's a team that's in a competitive window right now that has stars that could probably be marketed to even more people. And it's a shame that even their home fans don't have really easy access to watch their team.
2: How's it been working since the start of the season? The ignorance is talking right now. Have they been on Fox Sports in Arizona? This
3: I'm not going to know the answer to. I don't know how they, I, don't I don't know, know how the fans like in us Arizona have been watching Arizona games. Like Nasher and those know. guys.
2: Like I. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm not sure I'm to not be sure. honest with okay, you. Okay,
2: stupid. I stop that question there. What is it different than for, for for them than let's say LA this year? As we know, they again they got out of Fox Sports, right? So they're whatever they're called. That, yeah, so I mean so Arizona Valley. Guys. Yeah, so all the regional sports networks are out, but. LA this, this year, they've been doing the streaming service. So is it something like that? or? Yeah, there's a... There. And Vegas, Vegas has been doing the streaming service? Yeah. So is it kind of the same thing? Is that... Again, I'm not a yeah. TV guru,
0: like, you know. Yeah, I mean, given that the Arizona one was announced today, I don't know all of the details. That's what, it what I'm exactly. saying, like,
2: announced today, but is it the same as... The only Vegas major
0: things that I know are all non-national games are readily available in their broadcast region. So it's not blacked out ever. So it's
2: like Vegas and L.A., what they're doing this year. Sure. Right? Because they went to Nick Nixon, the radio guy, for the last, like, 50 years. But now he's – it's dual. Like, it's radio and this app. And Jim Fox is there with, you know, their 11s. And, you know, and and I think Vegas, we saw them in – the rookie camp, remember mm-hmm. in Vegas, and obviously the the, the folks at AT and T Sports that were doing the Vegas Gold Knights, you know, here out of Colorado the last yeah, yeah. six years. But so they're out, and then it's a streaming service now. Like that's, I just don't even know what it's called. But I, I, I'm just wondering if it was the
0: same thing as I what was announced by. I'm sure it's similar mechanically, it's be, but right? I don't know yeah. if it's like the exact same. thing. And again, yeah. I'm clueless, so I'm just being honest, wondering. It, it, for me, I think it's Megan's point <clears throat> that is the most frustrating with this one. In Again, I'm not trying to dunk on Arizona, but over the last handful of years, they've been one of the worst teams in the NHL. Yeah. And they've figured out how to deliver this pro- product to their fan base. Whereas the Avs and Nuggets, because they're both under Cronky, have both won championships in the last two years. And their fan base is sitting out in the cold that don't have a direct-to-consumer streaming service available. Mm-hmm. Because even even if you were to get
3: Fubo, both the NBA and the NHL have games on TNT. Mm-hmm. Fubo doesn't carry TNT. Yep. So those are games that you're. There's nothing you can do about it. And even this Coyotes service, it's the non-exclusive national games. Correct. Are the only ones that are on not way. on there. Yep. So I, I don't know how many of the again not trying to be mean i don't know how much of a problem that is for arizona i don't
0: think they got a ton of national games for sure <clears>
3: especially so. especially the remainder of the year so that might be a bigger problem for the avs because they end for up sure. on they end, they end up on national tv pretty like frequently 16 times this year yeah I think, so
0: um
3: <clears throat> but it is it is absolutely frustrating that uh, all of these teams because they all of these teams have had to figure it out in the last year since the bankruptcy case started i think it was last february with valley yeah. um <clears throat> all, of, all of these organizations have been able to figure it out in the last year. And we're going on like five years of this. And everybody from Altitude always just throws their hands up and goes, it's not our fault. This isn't viable. And when we always ask the follow-up question of why isn't it viable, there's never an answer.
0: Yeah.
3: And um, so once again, we're in this room of we're just it's, just... it's just frustrating that this is a golden era at Ball Arena between... The Nuggets and Avalanche, you have two of the best teams in their respective <laughs> leagues that local fans can't
0: watch. Can't easily watch. It becomes a lot harder to justify as other teams start to do what they say they can.
3: Yeah, certainly. exactly. And so, oh, it's not making us any money. Oh, it's not it's not we can't we it's it's either been a money thing or a technology thing, and now both of them the money thing has always been bullshit because you're not making any right now. And the technology thing okay well now Someone's all these got the tech, yeah. all of these teams have figured it out within a year yep we're going on half a decade of this it's tough yeah it's I, I guess time. for me i just i don't want to hear it anymore yep i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear whose fault it is i have long been sympathetic to the employees at altitude yeah because it, they're just trying to do their exactly. jobs exactly those guys aren't those guys aren't the ones in the room well, making the decisions okay. but they are the ones that attack people like me every time i get pissed about it
0: yep it's a tough spot. You just wish the uh, the Avs organization or Kroenke's organization, whatever you want to call it, would figure it out. And there would be better access to the sports that we all love.
4: And the work they put into it.
0: Yeah, of course. Into
4: their broadcast. They're I doing know. all
0: these broadcasts, whether people are able to watch them or not.
3: So, right. well, and, and we know that you're talking about the work that the people put into it. We know that they've hemorrhaged talent. Yep. Because they've they're not slowly bled staff over the last couple of years. Because they're not on Comcast, and look, Comcast is obviously a, the big bad guy here. Yep. But the refusal to consider any alternative solutions from from KSE has become, in my opinion, it's just unacceptable. I don't want to hear it. Agreed. It's cost it's cost people jobs. It's cost people opportunities. How many people do we know behind the scenes who have left Altitude? A lot. Because, uh, because it just, it's, not, it's not a viable thing because they see that they're bleeding money. They're cutting, they're, they're cutting and they're cutting, and they're cutting behind the scenes. We complain about their broadcast almost every single game, yep. and they're undermanned at this point. Just the reality. It's, it's, not, yeah. even, it's not even the people's fault who are involved. The, the people who are at fault don't give a shit because they're at the very top of this. They're not trying to watch an avalanche game on television. They don't care. It's people it's it's the day to day people like us that, that are in the that are caught in the crossfire of this. Yep. And it sucks. It it just sucks. And when something like this comes up, it is it is very frustrating because it feels like, hey, other organizations are trying to come up with solutions here. Yep. And you guys are just sitting here making excuses. It's a bad feeling. It's not great. And frankly, it pisses me off.
0: I, yeah, I uh, it's frustrating that it feels like there should be a solution right there that whether whatever's actually going on behind the scenes again, I don't know. I don't have the exact numbers. I can't tell you that. Totally. But certainly from an optics perspective this feels like the Kroenke organization is choosing not to do something like this.
4: It's, it's tough too with people needing to make cuts to things in their life that are non-essential and I think that starts with expensive cable packages that they just can't justify monthly anymore yeah. and I think fewer fans are able to even attend games in person if they live nearby just because those are non-essential expenses that I think are becoming hard for people to take on right now. This is something affordable that allows fans to connect with their team in a more realistic way than they might be able to right now.
0: Yeah, it. it, it, it. The last time I had cable, which was years ago now, it was something like 90 bucks a month for like the cheap cable package version. If you're release, which I was paying 90 bucks a month essentially just to watch hockey games, like yeah. that's it. Compare that to what Arizona just dropped at 12 bucks a month essentially. I would, it, it's not even a second thought for me. I would pay for that in a heartbeat.
3: Yeah, and if they, they, in the entire, like, we we were just talking, the Rockies had the, it's $100 to watch the, the entire Rocky season. season. Yeah. It's
4: an easy choice, yeah.
3: Like, yeah, I'll pay that upfront cost, and I'm done. I'll, I will watch six months of the Rockies baseball. Yep. No problem. I don't have to get cable. All I have to do is just roll on in there and watch Rockies baseball. Great.
0: It has all the games. It also has them all on demand for Arizona's one, so if you can't watch it live, it's sitting right there for you, ready to go, unlike even things like ESPN plus sometimes don't have the game readily available for a rewatch right away. So yeah, I, without getting too much further into this, because I will always ultimately spiral into national blackouts or stu- or local blackouts are stupid and they just need to get rid of them. Yeah. But
3: feels like a lot of easy ways to, to fix this, but it yeah. would
0: cost the rich people
3: money. So they don't want to, they don't give a shit.
0: Yep. Yep. Anyway, we can move on from this topic, uh, get into the rest of our show, because I did want to talk about the actual NHL news uh, the firing of Yarmo K- Kekalainen in Columbus. Uh, obviously, we can talk about Columbus and Kekalainen specifically. I also do want to tie this to the, uh, not necessarily a conversation about the abs, but a bigger conversation about GMs in general. But for Yarmo specifically, 11 years as the GM of Columbus. Was he there too long? Did he get too much runway?
3: I think so. I mean, what has he accomplished? Not a he, ton. He goes to the second round of the playoffs one time. How much time do you need to There's not build a lot of accolades there. I hear you. Build, rebuild. I like that he was creative. I like that when he had a good team, he got aggressive. Remember that crazy deadline where... Yep. He knew that Artemi Panarin and Sergei Bobrovsky were leaving in free agency, so he went and got Matt Duchesne and Ryan Dezingle and a couple other guys that I already don't remember because it was a long time ago. And they upset that great Tampa Bay team and then lost in the second round, and everybody left.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, I'll jump in. Go, I mean, go for it. <laughs> it's a results-driven business. Of course. I, 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 you know, coaches, managers... Like I said to you earlier I mean I don't really know him Uh, The only thing I know much of him is I went to St. Lawrence He went to Clarkson We're seven miles apart We hated each other That's what I know most of them Playing against them He's a bit older than me But uh, as a freshman I want to say he was a senior uh, Or a junior Um, Nice man uh, You know Did some great things in St. Louis Before going to uh, It is always a connection Right You know John Davidson was in St. Louis. That was the connection with him, goes to Columbus, brings him to Columbus. If you're asking a yes or no answer on on a results-driven business, I would say the answer is really no, like AJ said. I mean, 10 and a half years, at some point, you've got to have more results. Um, I don't know. It wasn't from a lack of trying. Like You just cited that example of really going in there and essentially wasting like three first-round picks, whatever it was. Left it all out on the table, didn't work out. I got no problem with that. I don't mind when you swing for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's all it's all good. I, I think I, got, I think that level of yeah. aggression is yeah. good for the game. You I want I a GM mind. that it.
3: wants to go for it every yeah, once in a while. That's great. And
2: you know what? One out of thirty two are gonna be successful. You know what I mean? So it's thirty. The, the ratio is not good. Um, now, do I think he's gonna land back in hockey? Yes, for sure. Um, Good hockey person, here's what I'll say, and, and that's by not really knowing. That's just from an outsider's perspective. It's a lot of times people, uh, they get to the top seat. There's 32 in the world in that top seat, right? There's 32 GMs in the in the world. In the, in the NHL I'm talking about, right? They're tough seats. They're tough jobs. Some guys sometimes are better off not being in that seat. You know, um, If you look at his tenure, maybe... A lot of times, a lot of ingredients, and maybe he didn't have a recipe. You know? And I think if you don't have a recipe and you're in that chair, it's tough. And I think that's where the results are for him. You don't like to see anyone getting fired and, and let go and, and all that stuff, so you wish him the best of luck. But what a disaster this has been, this whole, you know, lately and especially this season with the hiring of Mike Babcock. And, I mean, it just kind of went downwards from there. You know, what I mean like everything was just cost jobs, right? And unfortunately yep. cost jobs and sometimes you make those decisions and you know, they were the wrong ones and uh you end up paying the piper so. I think that's where Columbus is at now. And it sounds like they're going to look on the outside, you know, for JD yesterday's answer was where are you going to find that new guy? He goes outside that building. <laughs>
4: I think a fresh set of eyes is exactly what Columbus needs. I think that Yarmo has an NHL career ahead of him in some way. I think there are things at the beginning of his time as GM that were high points and, and good things. And I think following the 2019 season, there was maybe hope to give him a few more seasons of chances. And even looking at whoever is going to inherit this team, there's a really talented, promising young core for someone new to come in and mold. And I think some of that is a credit to then Kekalainen and why I think that there's probably an NHL team that would have interest in him in front office management moving forward. But there wasn't more he could do in Columbus, especially with how this season has gone. There was too much dysfunction from Babcock to the handling of Merce Leakins and the yeah. trade talks and the the contract. And then with that young core, there are many of them becoming RFAs this summer or the next that yeah. are going to need new contracts and with everything about how this season has gone, it's clear he wouldn't be the right person to enter those contract discussions. And so there's still a lot of promise with the team that is going to be left then for someone to inherit. Um, but what Yarma couldn't overcome is making Columbus a destination. It There was a lot of turnover and I think that the dysfunction really boiled over this season. Um, in part with the cultural problems of the disconnect with bringing on Babcock. Um, I think that was evident that it just wasn't the right choice, and there's no recipe um, that I think they had to move off of then, and why I think looking outside the organization in a new set of eyes is exactly what Columbus needs moving forward.
3: It is interesting. Like, they are always going to struggle to attract... Talent consistently, like you're always going to struggle to be like, hey, come play in Columbus and not, not New not York, a, basically or basically, you if know.
0: you're not an original sixteen, there's going right. to be, or maybe LA, you're going yeah, like to struggle. Like, like if the, you know, there are organizations that teams want to play
3: for. You yeah. know, teams want to play for Tampa. You know, like the, it's a good organization, it's a good place to live. Like, yep. you know, teams. I'm sorry, players want to play for teams like Tampa. Players where or players want to play for teams where they get tax breaks. That also have competitive aspirations. But even then, you know, they fall backwards into Johnny Gaudreau. They are able to convince a Damon Severson to sign with them over the last year. And so you they've given out some money and you still are wondering. It's the same conversation of where are they going? Who are they? What direction do they have? Mm -hmm. They've had some brutally bad luck and with insane injury problems the last couple of years but a lot but of those, those guys are being at the bottom bottom but also a lot of those guys are like guys that they've paid yep you know Zach zacharensky's hurt every year Zach zacharensky's great he's always hurt yep. what does that do for you patrick line is always hurt it so it's it's a they do have a destination problem and they have and, and i think that the way that you overcome that is you just be the little engine that could you know you be you be a well run organization that just gets it you do the right things you have the right approach you treat players a certain way yeah. you find a way to be competitive you're smart with your front office you know you don't you don't live and die by one single approach you adapt your your you're very malleable in your philosophy you figure out who you are you kind of figure out a program and you go and you do it and they, they have always felt adrift organizationally.
0: There, there are two things that if you're not a destination, if you don't have the tax breaks, if you don't have the city, if you don't have the ancient hockey culture, you win and you have a good culture. Those are the two things that can get people to come to your organization and make you a better organization over a long-term scale. Obviously, you can go out and get a good player any given year, that's what Columbus did when they went all in, right? That's why. But that doesn't mean long term success.
2: No, but that's why you're two of the smartest guys west of the Mississippi, right? You know what I mean? It's true. Like people east smarter or uh, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I'm French man. I'm using you guys' expressions. Um, I was just about to say there's two things. Just just look no further than the Quebec Nordiques. Okay, what a mess. Nobody wanted to be there. Nobody wanted to play there. Nobody wanted to be on that team. There was trade demands every day coming in. Every day. We want to get the hell out of here.
3: Remember Jeff Carter?
2: <laughs> oh, there you go. I mean, I'm just saying. It's everywhere. So, whether you're in Columbus or Denver, you know, like, if you have what it takes, which means you got to be about something. You can say you're about winning, and you can be about winning. There's a big difference. There's a big di- you got to put your money where your mouth is. And then, B, you have to recipe how to attain it. And this is where the Nordiques became that overnight when there was a change in their, yeah, it was my old man. I'm going to pump his tires. And then people wanted to be there. It was all about those vitamins that, that by the way, people, Tiff, you got to stop eating because they're going down. Mm-hmm. They're going, that thing is going down. Someone's it was all about vitamin, vitamin w. w. It was all about winning. And it was all about a recipe. Hey. And then all of a sudden, everybody wants to be there. Everybody wants to come. Everybody wants to come to your franchise. Everybody wants to be part of it. Korea, Solani. You're talking about like absurd, absurd deals they took to come play here. That's what it's about. That's where Columbus has failed the mark. They were never about winning and they never had a recipe. And if they had a recipe, they didn't know how to, and they still don't know, how to make that recipe. It's another thing too, right? you can have a recipe on paper, but you have to freaking it, it, go and make the freaking... Any good? Yeah. Yeah, is it look, good? Yeah, right? I mean...
0: Columbus has drafted in the top 10 16 times. So in their how do you existence. not have success? And their best, Sorry. Their best franchise lot, player is Stop. arguably one of their first picks in Rick Nash. But that's what I'm saying. And look at
2: the abs 1.0. Look at the abs 2.0. Look at Parisi last week. There's a reason wants to come here because this is about winning and there's a recipe. When you're a team that's just there... Hey, you know what? I don't mind Columbus. I'm being honest with you. One of my favorite stops in the league all those years. I was freaking excited every time I went there. I loved it. We lived... Uh, we stayed like 10 minutes out. I don't even know Ohio, but we lived in Easton. Whatever. Sorry, lived. The, the hotel was in Easton and restaurants and bars and everything. is like 10 minutes away from downtown. I love going there. One of my favorite buildings in the NHL, the practice ring attached to it. It's a great spot. Like, it's, it's a great sports area, right? I mean, you got Ohio State, you got, I mean, what's not to like? You need a winning culture and you need a recipe. They don't have that. That's why they've been like...
3: I can attest to Eric's like of Columbus, because when this news broke, he texted me and said, should we just go run Columbus <laughs> as the GM? And I said, do we have to live Love there? And it's he a said, great spot. I like
2: Columbus. It's a great spot. It is. I'm being honest. Like, there just hasn't been. They've never been about winning, and they've never had the recipe to do it.
0: So. The wife gave me a hard no on living in Ohio, so...
4: I almost moved there instead of Colorado Springs. Ooh, so I great. almost actually became a Blue Jackets person. You could be working of an with Adalanche Aaron Porcelain right now. It's yeah. a great spot. <laughs> I'm being honest. Well, I, and I never went, so I have no opinion.
2: <laughs> and there's a uh, freaking Tim Hortons right by there, too, You know, which is rare in the States.
3: In terms of whoever they hire next, it's got to be at least a kind of
0: desirable job. We're <laughs> going to talk about this in just a second. Okay, so. Before we jump into that, make sure you're getting with Natures of Colorado. If you live in northern Colorado, anywhere up there, Natures of Colorado is your spot for amazing grade of cannabis and a vast different number of products ranging all over the place. You can get great deals, including $99 ounces every single day. Uh, When you use code DNVR, you can get a full ounce of any shelf for $85 an ounce. Uh, You can also get exquisite extracts uh, for $15 uh, make sure you use that DNVR code when you hit up one of their four locations. Uh, they are in Log Lane Village, Garden City, Sedgwick, and Milliken. So, again, Shh. anywhere northeastern Colorado, they're the Colorado dispensary for you. Hit up Natures of Colorado and uh, save some time by ordering online at naturesofcolorado.com for pickup, too. They even have a drive through Super easy to go get your weed with Natures of Colorado. And then throw some money down with bet three six five. Uh, get over there with the dnvr 365 code. When you sign up with the dnvr 365 code and you bet $5 on any NHL game, you get $150 in bonus bets. Use that QR code on screen right now to get signed up. Go put your money on whatever it might be, whether it be Columbus getting the new GM bump or the Abs turning it around because they get to play home games again. Uh, whatever. That'll help. Gamble. Bet on Kucherov to win the heart or Mac to win the heart or McDavid if you want to be wrong and lose your money. It's fine. <laughs> uh, he's not going to win it. All the bets under the sun. You can even bet on futures. You can bet on whatever it is you're feeling when it comes to Bet365. doesn't even have to be hockey. They've got tons and tons and tons of sports on there, including my favorite, betting on eSports, but we won't get into that. Get it with Bet365. Uh, go over there. Use that DNVR365 code. Of course, you must be 21 or older, physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. And if you or someone you know uh, has a gambling problem, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER today. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Uh, We have a top five we'll get into in a second. I want him to finish this conversation specifically because you look at an available GM job in Columbus. I think I know the answer to this, but Chris McFarlane's name has been thrown out there a little bit as a potential option for this job. One, what does that job have that he doesn't already have in Colorado? Two, for Chris McFarland, I don't know how to phrase it. What do you think his experience in Colorado has been? Has he done a good enough job as coming into the proper GM role in Colorado? And what does a long-term vision of Chris McFarland look like here in Colorado?
3: I don't think he's done enough as, a G- as actual GM of the Avs to deserve another GM job elsewhere. Just sure. For my money, not enough has happened yet. Um, There's
0: just not enough to go off of.
3: Exactly. It's too soon. Obviously, he was fantastic as an AGM here and spearheaded a lot of the big decisions that uh, resulted in them uh, ultimately winning a Stanley Cup. But uh, since he's gotten in the big chair, it just hasn't, there hasn't been enough of a track record. I don't, even think, I don't think he's done a bad job. I just, it's not enough of a job to definitively say, yeah, I'm going to turn the keys over to my franchise. I know that he spent, what, like 20 years in Columbus, whatever it was, um, as an AGM there. And and ultimately, when Kekeleining got there and, you know, it it didn't work out. And he ended up making a lateral move here.
0: And it's worked out pretty well.
3: And he got a chance to to move upward. Um, But I'm... I, I, for me, I just don't think there's enough there yet to to say if I'm if I'm own, if I own the Blue Jackets, I'm not having that conversation.
2: What to bring Mac There is that what we're talking about. Yeah. As a lateral move, or as the you know,
3: yeah, they would have to, right? Like they would have to. What would you even hire him as? Because well, you can't yeah. move laterally, but yeah, you, you the, can
2: say vice president of hockey operations slash general manager. Yeah, with John Davidson being president. Yeah, I mean, if you're Chris
3: McFarland, does, does that even hold an appeal to you?
2: No, no, Chris McFarland... I, I mean, sorry, go ahead. I, I didn't if, want to cut.
3: I, you off. Do you? Do you have Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon in their prime.
2: I um, I'll i I'll jump in, you know, like Christmas Farm for me is not going anywhere. Um has done an unbelievable job part of a group. And you gotta remember this has always been a group back in Avalanche one point was a group. Yeah, there's someone at the chair making the final decision, but at the end of the day the decision's already been made by the group. But you're the conductor of the 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 phone calls and the you know, all that kind of stuff. You you report back to the group, uh So Chris has done It's situational like obviously they win the cup and he's part of all those decisions. And then once you win a cup, then then there's different decisions you have to make. Right. To kind of try to stay afloat. Right. So they're different in trying to get there. Now you're there. You're trying to stay there. Um, Yeah. So the decisions haven't been as flashy as the cup run. Right. You know, but I I don't think he's going anywhere. I think this is this is where he is. This is where he is staying. This is where would you want to leave? with like you said kale and mac and those guys and and quite frankly this is where he's he was a known person in the league before like you said uh cutting his teeth and is that the expression cutting his teeth whatever yep That's yeah is good. that one I oh, yeah. good sometimes i can mess around um all of a sudden you know and he became expendable in columbus whatever he comes here and really takes that next step and you know, here I can tell you he's got an unbelievable name around the league. Um This guy would be unemployed for five seconds. <laughs> you know, he would be. I'm just telling you. I believe the, that. Yeah. yeah, that is the, well, the name. Why did they make him the GM? Because well, he was going to get somewhere they, else. There you yeah. go.
3: Why did they make him the GM?
2: And again, I'm not saying every... You got to remember, every front office is built differently. There's no such thing. It's not like a... In an old burger where you know what i mean it's a franchise and this is how it works and the bank is like this or the 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 the, the okay. recipes this and you know th- everybody's different so the abs made accommodated the fact that was probably going to be gone right I, I, so he
3: he interviewed for multiple gm yep. jobs yeah. elsewhere yep and he was gonna get one of them and Eventually the it's like, gonna mm, happen yeah. we're not interested <laughs> the in that made no. the
2: right move and that's what i'm saying then and, and then ultimately it's really not changing anything it's not because he's got that title that the way they work works differently. Joe might be a little less, you know, involved on the phones. But at the end of the day, they're part of a big group. They have a great pro staff. They have a great amateur staff.
0: I, I want to touch on the yeah. organization of a little bit. I want to get Megan's thoughts on McFarland first, though.
4: Yeah. No, I, I think it it would be appealing to Columbus, but not to Chris McFarland. Yeah. I don't think he would consider it. And I think as far as my evaluation of his... Job so far, I think people undervalue how much he had a hand in things before he was general manager. In I name agree with this as EGM. I really do credit him for Lekkonen and Manson. Yep, and I think that Evan Rodriguez, as late in the offseason as he was, was a really big get for the Avs. The season wasn't what the Avs had hoped for last year, but he was such a great fit for the team. And I think it shows in the contract that Florida offered him what he was able to do to make his stock rise here in Colorado. I even look at Tatar, even though the stylistic fit wasn't there, as a really smart move. Wood and Colton, I know it's maybe a bit premature, but in seeing their fit here, I think it's an excellent acquisition. None of these are incredibly big or splashy, but even the affordability of Jonathan Druen. It just made so much sense not to take a chance on that guy. And if you asked other people, they probably felt he didn't necessarily belong in the league before the start of this season. And due to unfortunate circumstances, can play alongside Nathan McKinnon and look really comfortable there. I think that's a win. And that's more than just Chris McFarland. It's a group, yeah. I think those things are moves, decisions that he can add to his resume. Obviously, Ryan Johansson has not worked out. But with Nashville hanging on to half of that contract, it was still not a stupid gamble to take. You hope he can unhandcuff himself to it, though. There are some things this deadline that will really determine how I feel about him, but there's nothing he's done through this point that I haven't really viewed as a positive or a neutral. Like, Lars Eller, okay. I really don't think that hurt the Avs, but it didn't help them in the way that i think he would have helped so through this point i'm happy with chris mcfarland there are some things though that are going to really hinder on what he decides to do this deadline
2: it's a group and it's a big room that group's been together and now garth joy gone to new york last year there's been a little bit of a change there uh but it's the same group same group that went and took a chance on val it's the same group that it's those guys worked well as a group forget about titles and, and and this is where you have to forget about the corporate world for a second you know everybody does their job there and everybody's done the same thing and I don't believe anything's changed the last couple of years <laughs> It hasn't changed the only thing that's changed is the circumstances of the types of deals you have to make and you can make uh, their group's been the same they they they, they work the same way uh, and and I do have faith in them uh, but if you want I'm going to give you the I'm going to give you the three names that I think will take over in Columbus. And if I'm wrong. Go for it. If I'm wrong, then I got to do like 20 push-ups live <laughs> on the air, <laughs> which I don't want to do. <laughs> what are the names? Okay, here's my names. Forget about reading around. This is just common sense of how this game works all the time, right? And he said, no, stern, no, no stones left unturned, right? You know? I'm going to go with a young one, up-and-comer French guy, former Avalanche, Matthew Darch.
3: Okay. He's my top guy.
2: Yeah, Darci's a good guy. He's awesome. He's eager, wants to learn, has wanted to learn the last few years, uh, has a good name around the league, has been around winning. Uh, Julian pushes him, too, because he wants him to, to succeed. You know, I would say that that's, if you're looking for the up-and-comer, that's the guy they're going to take. B. If you're looking for a re-thread, and I hate saying that the word "rethread, because it's not a rethread, but the connection somewhere with John Davidson is Jeff Gordon. He's in Montreal right now. Why would he leave Montreal to go there? Well, again, you tweak the title and then it's not a lateral move, and he comes over there and takes over as both, uh, right? And then there's a connection there, and they had success on Broadway, him and JD. So there's two. And then three, if you're going with the one that's never really worked in the NHL, but has a relationship with Rick Nash, which Nash is now there, right? Mm -hmm. It's Mark Hunter, having dealt in juniors all those years and has done an unbelievable job, worked with Toronto a little bit for, and then it didn't work out. But I would say it's one of those three, or else I'm doing 25 push-ups live on the air, on the ground, with paramedics next to me.
0: Can't wait to watch you do the push-ups. It's an attractive and job. Sitting on my back, <laughs> That they're <laughs> not doing those. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> it, sh-
3: it should be an attractive job. They've got Adam Fantilli <laughs> and David Yeracek to yep. build around. The uh, awesome. They've got some good veteran guys that they've already signed. Uh, it's not. It's not like taking over Chicago, where yeah, you have Connor Bedard, but you have nothing else right now.
2: It's an attractive job, like it, it is.
0: Well, and that's the thing for me, just to to wrap up this segment about McFarland is. To me, the Colorado GM job is the dream job right oh, now. Jesus we Jesus. talked about in segment one. What are the two things you need? Winning and culture? All right. Avs have both of those. Yeah. On top of that, though, they also have a structure of you have assets like Joe Sackick in your organization as Chris McFarland. You have a pro scouting staff that has done an excellent job over his tenure yeah. in Colorado.
3: Easily. Ryan Johansson, by far their biggest miss For sure. in the pro scouting staff in the last like five or six years. On
0: on a whole, they've been very, very good. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe most importantly, as much as we dunked on Cronkies in the first period of this podcast, the Cronkies have always been fantastic NHL owners. They don't meddle at all. They let their GMs do their job, They're do great. what they have to do, and they've always been willing to spend to the cap. So you're not, you don't have those internal battles like you hear about in Toronto where the ownership wants this, that, or the other thing. It's just, hey, we hired you to be the GM. Go do what you think is going to win.
2: It goes back to the recipe. Too many cooks in the kitchen, then all of a sudden your recipe is a disaster. Yep. Exactly and that's right. what you're saying. So, that, and for me, it makes them fantastic owners for a hockey franchise.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. On that note, we are brought to you by the folks over at American Financing. You can uh, go get with American Financing today. Uh, they save an, on average their customers over $850 a month. That's uh, $10,000 over the course of a year. So it's a big chunk chunk of change. They do it by eliminating a bunch of high-interest credit card debt for you. Right now, you can get rates in the fives. So it's a pretty good deal. Rates haven't been this low in a while when it comes to this type of thing. So give a call to American Financing today. Get in on with them. Their sales associates are all salary-based, so they aren't trying to do anything weird or, or get you in on something. They just want to save you the most money possible. So get with them. Make sure you're getting in with American Financing at 303 uh, 695 They may even be able to delay your next two mortgage payments to save you even more money. So give them a call. Let them know DNVR sent you over to 303 695 or visit them at AmericanFinancing.net slash DNVR. NMLS, NMLS 182334, org. Uh, we're also brought to you by FuboTV. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> the Cronkies have not. Set up a streaming service to get your access to the Colorado Avalanche. FuboTV is the best option that you have. You can go over to FuboTV.com slash DNVR today. You sign up with that QR code on screen too. You'll get 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. And you'll get all of your Avs games, all of your Nuggets games, except of course the national ones on TNT. But all of your local games you'll have available when it comes to Fubo. So jump on that. And if you are a person that does like your television channels, it comes with 140-plus channels, including movies, TV shows, news, music, and more. So give Fubo a try today. You can do a free trial. It costs you nothing for seven days to try it out. There's no contract when you sign up, so you can cancel at any time if you decide you don't want it. Uh, Get with them, FuboTV.com slash DNVR today. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast, and we do have a Bet365 top five to get to. AJ put this one together. I believe it's the top five players that the Evs will not be getting. Definitely will not be trading for right. at
3: this year's deadline. So
0: the things that aren't going to happen, so we don't have to watch you guys say it in chat every five seconds. Yeah, I wish I'd put Boone
3: Jenner on here. I should have <sighs> had more confidence. I hope that one doesn't happen.
0: Not that Boone's bad. I just think... I think there are gonna, better options.
3: We're going to talk some about Boone Jenner sure. at Great some man. point. I don't know about today, but at some point. It'll come
0: up, no Boom. doubt. All right. X
3: fans are obsessed with the guy, well, and I, I, don't get, it, I don't get it I <laughs> just man. don't get it. Uh, I don't actually remember this list. So Jacob Markstrom is at five. Great. Okay. It's definitely not
0: going to happen. It's just a money thing, as much as anything, for Colorado on that hey, one. You, I imagine.
3: You're not trading for a starter when you've got Georgiev around. He's got another year. If this were to continue with Georgiev into next season, you start having conversations. You could start having that conversation, yeah. So Jacob Markstrom, I think, is the easy uh, no.
4: You know, Eric brought this up after the game last night, but it's not so different from Georgiev in that last year, Markstrom's year, eight nine two under the duress of that Calgary season, the, the Daryl Sutter years, Kadri didn't seem to agree with the coaching quite so much. Giroudo was not what they wanted him to be. And he kind of, like we've talked about with Georgiev this year, he couldn't overcome the circumstances in front of him and, like, separate his game from what was happening in front of him. And so, to me, then, I don't think inheriting a team that has a little bit of some things they're working through is a gamble I'd want to take. I don't think it's so different from Georgiev, especially given what we saw in him last year. It's great that Markstrom is playing incredible this year, but... I just don't know that I think it would be as different as people hope it would be.
0: I agree. We talk a lot about uh, any goaltender can get hot or go cold at any given time. It's uh, particularly for someone like Markstrom, who the price is probably going to be quite high for. How much better are you really making your team by going out and getting that guy?
3: Yeah, because you're... Price for your starting goaltender doubles. Yep. So that means that that money has to come somewhere. That's on your roster.
0: Uh, you're right. You're you're making it real hard for yourself to go out and get a two C. If you oh, and do my Jacob concern Markstrom. with
3: Markstrom is that guy completely melted down against Edmonton in the postseason two years ago. Sure.
4: How you
0: know,
3: much how much confidence do you have that the second thing started going wrong against him, he fell apart? <laughs>
2: No, he. he <laughs> to be honest, makes me said, nervous. I yeah. just said it when you, when he's hot, he's hot. When he's not hot, he's he's cold. Like. Yep. <laughs> wow, what a statement! When he's not hot, he's cold. But he does. He does. Call, he does tend to get down on this game, not point figures. He gets down on himself. Uh, but you're right. Uh, number five, it's a good
0: answer because yep. he's not coming there, here. And he's I, going ha- to I only have
3: him on this list because the Flames are selling. Like they're, they're talking about getting rid like, of a lot of guys. And so I was like, let's just, just not even do this. Good
0: chance Markstrom gets moved.
4: He's going to Jersey. He's going to Jersey. Yeah, I think there's appeal. And, and there
0: are, what, maybe five NHL goaltenders that are consistently very good. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's maybe. the hardest position in the league to day in and Tough. day out. Be reliable enough to say it's a tough one, he's significantly better.
3: And when a guy has a bad year, you, you kind of just have to eat it. Yep, sort of just how it goes. That's life. Yeah. let's
0: uh let's get on to number four here.
3: Same position, but John Gibson, just because again, this is a guy that F's fans have talked about for years.
0: Well, that's I, I think that's the problem, right? Because four years ago, I'd have years. loved going out and getting John Gibson.
3: I yeah, remember when I mock traded yeah. 16 things for him.
0: I would not do that awesome. <laughs> this year.
3: Sorry. It was so much fun. And now <laughs> I'm glad that didn't happen because no, thanks. I'm just not. Uh, it, his game has gotten worse and worse and worse. And I understand he's in a tough environment out in Anaheim, but he hasn't done very well in it. Yep. So, you know, there are guys that play well in bad environments every year. Look at every goaltender that Arizona rolls out there for whatever reason. So you know, for me, um, John Gibson, I'm I'm good. Uh, I but for me, that's just a no thanks.
4: Yeah, and now he's hurt. So I don't even know what that means for his movement, generally speaking.
2: Yeah, it. Yeah, my my take on him's always been that, and, and maybe it's wrong. Maybe it's mean of me to think that way. Um, I've always thought about him as a good player on a bad team. If that makes sense. There's always guys like that. Big fish, you know? small pond. They, they play well on bad teams. It's not a lot of pressure to win. You go there, you just you get bombarded with shots. You do well. But at the end of the day, you lost 3-2, but you got first star. And, and when it comes down to winning, you know, like, like the Ottawa Senators right now, oh, my God, they're winning every game down the stretch right now. Great, awesome. But when, it, when the puck drops in October, when it counts, they never win, right? So maybe I'm wrong. It's just me. I've always thought about him as a good player on a bad team.
0: I think that's fair—a fair assessment.
2: Uh,
3: number three on this list, I think. Uh, yeah, that was that was it. It was Evgeny Malkin. Yeah. Just because Pittsburgh—Are uh, <laughs> they any good? Are they not good? And abs fans are like vultures around the stop. They want
4: to pick apart the. Penguins. Yes.
3: <laughs> this this era of of the Penguins' carcass, they are definitely trying to swoop in and and pick out a little bit. Malkin, uh, that skating has really gone down, so even though he can still do some things...
0: Colorado things might not be the same. He's still a bad defensive player,
3: and he's not a very good skater anymore. So uh, Also, I don't think he wants to go anywhere. He's he's
0: on record before, said if he doesn't play for the Pens, he'd just go back to Russia. Yeah. And so I think, uh, you know, we'll just... uh,
3: Not going to happen.
4: I think for a lot of these, it's about money, too. That people aren't accounting for, like, two more years, 6.1 for Malkin's contract. There is a Rantanen extension yeah. that will be coming up, yep. I believe, also in two seasons. I yep. mean, is it two? Maybe this one summer. More, it's one more year. So. Yeah.
3: He's, a, he's eligible for it on July 1st. So, yep.
4: so that is something to consider. And, uh, and, and Tave's contract starts next year. That is basically going to account for any boost in the cap ceiling that they could potentially have gotten this summer. Yep. So there just isn't a lot of money that they're playing around with.
0: But Megan, it's so much easier to trade for people when you just ignore the cap. <laughs> also, when you <laughs> just shout things
3: on the internet, they they just happen.
2: All no, I agree with <laughs> Rudo. I agree with Ruto, my buddy Rudo. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't think he's... I don't think he's interested in going anywhere or going to He's not. I, I, at some point, it's. I think you just move on from from guys like that, you know. And he's a great player, great career. It's not what I'm saying, but I don't think it's a fit, you know, for the ABS. And I don't think he would want to come.
0: All right. Okay.
3: Next on this list, Nazem Kadri. Oh, this one, cause man. <laughs> ABS fans are obsessed with this dude.
4: Understandably.
3: Totally, um, but he's got five years on his contract after this remaining at $7 million (laughs) per season. Look. What? C- come on. And the, he's not going to be the guy that you remember him in year three. That's. You would be trading for the guy that he was in years one and two.
0: That's my thing is for a fan base who seems to live in the moment with every abs win and loss. Yeah. They, they're really stuck in the moment of Nazem Kadri having a point per game season. Yeah, Nazem Kadri
3: having an 87 point <laughs> season and immediately going right back to what he was his entire career. Yep. Before that happened. So Yeah. I just I get it, the nostalgia. Hey, he works here. Uh we know that we know he fit. He was really good in that playoff run. He basically became the de facto owner of the city of St. Louis. It was it was a ton of fun. It was a ton of fun. But let's mm-hmm. be realistic here, like for a lot of reasons, it just doesn't it doesn't ever
0: uh, Let's be real. If the Avs wanted to sense. do this, they would have
2: just signed him. Hey, I was just gonna say that they couldn't afford him 16 months ago. Why can they afford him today? Yeah, like, they can't. Like with all the projections and what's coming up, and Tay's is now extended. And you know, uh, they had to make a choice, right? It was it was number 13. It was Kadri. It was Burkowski. You know, everybody was in that, and Manson was in that bag, right? And I, and I do believe they made the right choice. They made the right choice at that time.
3: Yeah, and everybody's favorite argument is, "What if they just retain?" So a team,
0: retain know, a, like, a, a team is not going
3: to retain. A team is <laughs> going to use one of their three retention slots that a team is allowed to have, and they're going to commit to it for five years. No. What if the Evs traded to make that worth it? It works
2: on Xbox. I, I, like alive. I hope,
3: I hope you're not that attached to Callum Ritchie because mm-hmm. he's he's aflame now. <laughs> a, a first round pick is also going to be gone. So as is Ritchie. So is Sean Barron's. So. Yeah. Like for if a team retaining
1: for five exactly, years, bro. For a a team to retain tough. for
3: five retain. years, like, come yeah. on. Just come retain. On. It's that come simple.
2: On. Retain. Okay. All right. Move on.
3: For five years, you're just yeah. going to spend $2 million to watch that guy play for somebody else? It's
0: Stop. Uh, tough. Stop. It doesn't exist. It's,
3: it's uh, just saying, uh, I guess confidently I'm just saying it's not going to happen. Yep. So an hour from now, they'll trade for him and yeah. I'll be like, well, no, we're doing push-ups well, together. Yeah. We're all doing push-ups. Yeah. I, I'm doing happens. a push-up we'll and push then calling up. it a day.
0: <laughs> push-up for every time you were wrong about Kadri. Nope. That'd be a lot. <laughs> I don't think it'd be that many. I've been saying it for two years. It's
3: not happening.
0: Yeah, but that's only one thing that you were wrong about. So, Oh, <laughs> if, if we're all counting it overall yeah, yeah. as one thing? Great. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I'm happy to do that. That sounds fair.
0: <laughs> all right. What's at the top of this list?
3: Uh, obviously, it's Sidney Crosby. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Ab's, what? Habs fans love this guy He's for obvious reasons. His friendship with Nathan McKinnon. I don't know if you guys know this, but they're both from Cole Harbor. It's pretty crazy. Um it's a thing where it's like, hey, he's coming to the end of the deal. Would they consider moving him? Would he, would he consider leaving? Probably not. Yeah. It's a lot of fun to think about. I mean, we've, I'm going to say no for right now, but also we used to talk about this like with Jonathan Druin, where it was like, this isn't going to happen. For a lot of reasons, this doesn't make sense. And then one day it started to make sense. <laughs> so, you know, maybe this summer if they miss the postseason and they don't like how things are going. Uh, but for right now, in season, I'm confidently going to say Sidney Crosby's not finishing this year in Colorado. Agree. My heart wants to keep the door open in the future, though.
0: You mean all the hoops Mac jumped through to get Crosby on his team at the All Star game didn't mean anything?
3: I mean, they are like legit homies. So, <laughs> yep.
4: Maybe McKinnon's role in front office management moves is something we haven't considered enough. Parise, Druin, Cogliano, GM a lot dog. Of bodies. Remember
3: <laughs> that time they drafted week. Justin Barron because Nathan McKinnon practiced <laughs> <laughs> with him one time.
4: And then he became a vital piece in Lekkonen, who is now his
3: his only friend. Support
4: Finn. Yeah. Okay. That's. I guess he is
3: Druin now, so he has two friends now.
4: He has two friends that he literally brought to the team for <laughs> him.
0: Is Mac there actually a big brain GM? No, is exactly. Like, I don't <laughs>
4: think we're g- and then he brokered a deal at the All Star game <laughs> that honestly only favored him. I don't know why he's agreed to it, but.
3: Because <laughs> it's the All Star game.
4: It's
2: All-Star Crosby's game. never going to be an Av, he's always going to be a Penguin. Oh, but when Gretzky got traded... All I right, fun that. police. No, I'm just being honest. Sidney <laughs> Crosby, man, is my idol. I love him. He's going to be a Penguin the, his entire career. He's going to work for the front office after. Unbelievable, like, unbelievable Boo penguin. this man. No, i being honest. <laughs> You're Gritsky the one who put him at the top
0: of the list. For this year. <laughs> yeah, never, ever.
2: <laughs> he's never going to be here. Um not a chance. So, does very he stay simple. a
4: Pittsburgh Penguin? Yes, he's for a life. Pittsburgh Penguin for life. What do you life? think his next contract looks uh, like?
2: I, I don't know what it's going to be, but he's not going anywhere. It'll and Gretzky eight, got traded. I it's know, gonna Gretzky eight, was going to be seven. This, this is what year 20 for Crosby next year? Gretzky at the time was year 10 when he got traded for an absolute ransom and some cash and, and some players. And he goes and goes to LA and then it's the same thing. And I was actually his teammate when he got traded to St. Louis. Uh, i was with him it was a circus for a couple days i was nuts but this is this is different you're going on 20 years this is a legacy in pittsburgh and he's not that good friends with anyone like about that he's staying a penguin his legacy is a penguin this is a this is a weird
3: feeling. Normally,
2: I'm the hater
3: yeah. on
0: the pod.
2: <laughs> Someone else doing the yeah. Hating. Eric doing all the hating I'm just, over
0: there. I'm, doing, oh I'm
2: not hating. I'm saying Sidney Crosby. I'm, okay, I'm gonna put setups on the line now with the pushups. He's gonna be a Pittsburgh Penguin for life. That's An- unfortunately,
0: I agree with Eric yeah. on this one. But what do you mean, unfortunately? I, because well, Crosby on the ass would be awesome. Be awesome.
2: Yeah. Oh, my go- oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, hold on a second.
0: <laughs> are you kidding
2: me? That'd be a—he's my listen. He, listen, I, I don't gush over a lot of players. Like this is the guy I've gushed over the last twenty years. <laughs> if you're asking me, like, because I'm older than you guys, you mold a player, you go win a game. The Cindy Crosby's my guy. Of course, I'd like that. I'm saying the top five of the players the ABS are not going to get. I totally agree. He's that one because he'll never be here. But man, would I wish for him to be here. Yes. So if that's what I'm catching flack on because I can't read. That's fair. All right. But I love him.
0: That was our bet three, six, five, what never it. ordinary top five. Five guys, the abs definitely will not be getting at the trade deadline. Sorry, chat. You can be sad
1: about it now. However, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed.
0: do make sure you're getting your uh, Roast My Rosters ready. We are
3: starting to approach... I've already seen a couple of submissions, and I'm like, guys, I'm not going to see these. Yep. Those are going to be on page 17 by the time don't the st- deadline rolls start around. Start thinking about them. Don't submit them. Yet. Absolutely. Start playing around on cap Friendly. Just don't put any Roast My Roster submissions in yet.
0: Yep. Um, also,
3: I'm dreading it this year because I don't know what to do.
0: <laughs> your roster's going to get roasted this year. I don't know what to do.
3: My roster <laughs> gets roasted every year. People always hate what I do. <laughs>
0: do that All right. Uh one thing I want to talk about very quickly as we wrap up the show. We don't have to get too in depth with this, Eric, but seeing a lot of tweets lately about this scouts here, these scouts are here, this scout yeah. is there. Does that really mean anything? Well, here's
2: I'm going to tell you like how most teams do it, okay? You get to training camp and again, things have changed lately, but usually the whole organizations together in training camp and then pros will get together. When I say pros, the pro staff, and then they'll work on their scheduling, and then they'll get directives on their scheduling. Real quick. Yeah. When are those meetings? Like training camp, right? First one. Okay. And then you'll have a meeting there about, okay, next two months of the season, let's say there's – make it simple. You have two pro scouts, one in the east, one in the west, okay? Get on top of your teams. A lot of times in those first couple months – you're going to say, want you to see, you know, the Eastern Conference, uh, whatever, let's say your Western Conference, I don't know, at least twice your teams, you know what I mean? And you'll catch them sometimes playing against one another, obviously, you know what I mean? So it's like if you can get 15 viewings of your teams and then what it does and on top of it, I'm a, 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 the American League as well, right? The depth chart, you know what I mean? Not the junior guys, but you're talking about the guys in the American League. Then you have a really good idea of what your Looking at for that team. Now, internally, you have your meetings because what are we going to need? Like, I, as as a team, we feel that we weren't able to accomplish in free agency uh, a, a second line son, Let's say the Az wouldn't have got. You know what I mean? All right, Joe. Let's concentrate here early in the season. Try to fix that hole. You know what I mean? So then, that's what you're kind of looking at your own teams, meaning like the teams you're assigned to with their American League, and then. Usually at Christmas time, they'll have another meeting and then it it shifts towards free agency, right? This summer coming up because everybody has rink net, pretty much everything except Lou and and Jersey. I mean, sorry, in New York, they have a different system, but pretty much everybody in the NHL is called rink net and... Now you'll concentrate on free agency and guys are all color-coded. You know, you, you, when you put the roster, then it, it's, the UFAs are red. Then, you know what I mean? So the guys that are entry levels are green, whatever it is. So you're going to concentrate a lot more then on coming up on free agency. So you go to a game, you make sure that you write a report on a potential UFA, American League or NHL. Now, as you get closer a little bit after that, which was the Avs just had theirs last month in, in, in California, then uh, it's trade deadline. You know what I mean? So now, okay, let's, let's, what are we going after? What are we looking for? You're going to compare your notes from the start of the year now. And then you might build your schedule out from there, like, okay, there's seven guys we've identified. So now your schedule is basically built from training camp to Christmas. It's built. You bought your plane tickets. You bought I mean, it's expensive to travel for teams and stuff like that. So, so when you read things like November thirteenth, oh, seven teams are here. Yeah, no shit. You know, they they <laughs> they, they bought those tickets in freaking September. Like it's just it's all you know. It doesn't exist. Now, when you see towards the trade deadline, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't take a rocket science to know that, my lord, like. Elias Lindholm was going to get traded. So, I mean, if since Christmas you haven't been watching Calgary, then you're a bad franchise because you're not really doing <laughs> your homework, right? So, so, of course, when you're there, you're there because that's the directives you've had at your last meeting at Christmas to make sure you get everything you need to know on Elias Lindholm and then obviously the 25 other guys you discussed. So but things aren't going to change. Do they change at the last minute? Yes. Hey, I got a phone call today. There's a, there's a, you know, whatever it is. And I would tell you that most times when that happens, just for all the reasons, guys don't even go in the press box. They'll go in the stands. They'll buy a ticket. They'll sit in the stands. And you you don't, and again, a lot of organizations are different, or you want to be there. You want to make sure you're known to be there, and you'll put a name on the press box. You know to put a little bit of pressure because you know you're fighting with Vancouver or with Edmonton about a backup goalie you'll put a name in there that you're at the game you're actually not even there but it makes people think that you're there and talk and so can I to, can I ask a follow-up yeah, here yeah
3: so when you guys those last second changes that you'll yeah. make to a schedule to do a check on a guy to look at somebody yeah. how far down the road is the would the GM be in having talked to a team about that guy already or is it more due diligence? Or have there already been substantial conversations in acquiring times, a guy? Yeah,
2: it's a good question. A lot of times there's been a lot of talk about it. And then sometimes it's more like, and I'm going to give you an example, okay? Uh, we were making a deal with Colorado. This guy, Jared Polin, part of the deal. They're calling him up their plan. It's called showcasing a guy. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. So then... You're there, okay, let's make sure you're there. I know you're supposed to go to Chicago tonight. Don't go there. Get in your car from St. Louis and go to Chicago. This Poland guy is going to be in the plane. We've seen him at the American League level. We have 13 reports on him from Mm -hmm. our guys, but we've never seen him play at the NHL level. He's playing tonight. They're putting him in there. They have a few injuries, and they're calling him up. And then you're like, oh, that's so weird. Poland played and McDermott didn't play. You know what I mean? Like, we're all like, ah. But at the end of the day, they're showcasing him. And then the guy goes, he's like, you know what? I liked him. And, you know, then you're able to assess a little bit at the NHL level. That's not so much a guess. How can he be at the NHL level? I'm talking about an extra guy on the trade, right? You're talking about a second or third piece, right? Guys like that. So it does. And then sometimes they'll be like, hey, it's hot. We have to decide between, I don't know, use two good players. Gerard Byron. And then follow those te- follow this team the next three games. So where are the abs the next three games? Colorado, right? And Detroit. So they're like, okay, so they're going to come to the game tomorrow, come to the game Tuesday against Vancouver, and then book a flight to Detroit. And a lot of times, like I said, those guys aren't even going to go through the press box. And they'll just buy a ticket, sit in the stands. And you're following these guys. And you might even show up at Family Sports because it is open to the public. No one knows. You have a ball cap on. You're there. You're watching the guys' habits and practice. And I'm just saying. You don't know who's watching. You don't know who's watching. I, I say that to young guys all the time. So. so
3: when you say an organization has identified a handful of guys that yeah. you do want to look at, um, you are following a team around for those couple of games. Other than just watching the games, what other homework are you doing to get information on that guy, who else? What other conversations do
2: you have? Absolutely. So, but to, to two parts of that. So that's the pro side, then the amateur side. Also, part of the deal, like they're telling you, you have prospect Joe Blow, prospect uh, Rudo, and prospect Megan. Pick one of those three. So now your amateur guys at that time, now they're following those guys across the CHL or college hockey, right? And then to answer your question, they're like, I used to always bring binoculars in the press box, always. So I'm watching a guy. I'm going to watch him. I'm going to watch him when things go good. I'm going to watch him when things don't go good. You focus with your binoculars. What's his body language like? He's getting yelled at right now by the coach. Is he just basically, you know, the coach is behind him. Is he basically giving him the finger without well, give him the finger? But you can see when you're looking at a guy dead on. You can see a guy's body language. You can see how teammates like him, don't like him. There's so much you can look at. You know what I mean? And, and I think those are important traits of... And then you call people that have had them. You call assistant coaches that have had them. You call coaches that I had them in juniors. If I showed you, if I showed you, RinkNet, like, you wouldn't sleep. I mean, the three of you guys wouldn't sleep for weeks because you go there and then there's personal and the things, and you click on personal, and then it's like, hey, talk to his Bantam coach. Always been that way. And it's unreal, the shit that's out there on guys. And then you got to figure out, like, is this real or not real? You know what I mean? And then you go from there.
4: So to get ahead of this Sunday, I know that there is a lot of limited availability in the press box because there's a lot of scouts expected. Is this something that was scheduled in advance to have that many in attendance? Does it strike you as odd at all that it's... Colorado, Arizona, kind of a weird time after new niche game.
2: Well, I mean, you think that Arizona's got guys they're gonna sell. So remember, at Christmas they made they had that meeting. Is Arizona really gonna stay afloat in the race, or are they gonna fall off? And if they're gonna fall off, there's Zucker, there's uh, what's his Dunbar, name, whoever, yeah. whatever Kerfoot. We talked about. I mean, you know, there's guys like that that they sure. could sell. So teams are like, okay, and then they start falling. Get to remember, there hasn't been a game here in two or three weeks, so there's not a lot of local guys in Denver. Because geographically it's a tough spot to be. It's it's in the east, Michigan you got six Boston, teams around you. Yeah. you, got everything around New York, Boston, and then in the west it's starting to be better now with the American League now in Vegas and in those California teams. So it's better to be suited back there. here. There's there's two local guys here. We were two of us. You know what I mean? Like so. So now teams are looking. You always look at is there an Eagles game? Guys are crazy about their games. You know you average about twenty five, twenty six games a month in order to do that you need those afternoon games too. You know what I mean? Like, oh well, I'm going to Chicago in the afternoon. And that night I'm going to the Blackhawks game. And then here there's a there's a Thursday night game here and a Saturday night game. But a Friday night there's an Eagles game. So then it's worth it to come down. It's you know, and then you come down and then you gotta remember there hasn't been any games here the last few weeks. So yeah, you would expect a busier uh, you know, contingency of scouts at the game tomorrow. Especially that Phoenix is a team that it's been identified probably by at least 30 teams thinking that they're not going to be there.
0: Yeah. But those identifications came at Christmas, really, not in the past two weeks.
2: No. And again, things sometimes intensify, like I said. Sure. And and then you're like, "Ah, as a matter of fact, I'm going to be there in four days. I was already there. Oh, yeah, perfect. You're there. You don't need to go there tonight. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, does it happen? Yes, it does. Have I been redirected? Yes, it does. It happens, you know. But it's not like, you know. And again, a lot of times, like like Chris McFarland the other day was like, oh, my God, he's in Anaheim. I know. They had their freaking pro meetings, and I'm sure meetings in California. Like <laughs> It was all planned that he was going to go to the Anaheim game that night, whether Adam and Rick had been traded or not.
0: It's not like, the last-second scramble some people make it seem like.
2: I mean, we had our meetings in Boston one year with Calgary, and we were there like a week in advance, and we went to two Ranger games, and there was like five of us there. So it's not like, Rangers and Calgary are making a deal. Hmm. No, was, we're just two blocks away. Like, we're just going <laughs> to go to the hockey game, and we're too cheap to buy tickets, so you're going to go in the press box because it's free when you work for a league. <laughs>
4: Around the Giroux deadline when people were thinking about him coming to Colorado, yep. Danny Brier was at ball arena. Is that something to ever read into or does the GM travel with teams pretty regularly?
2: Every team's different. every team's different. I, my old man never went to see a freaking other player. Everybody's different you know that doesn't mean it, it doesn't mean it's right or wrong uh Danny came down like was he the GM at the time he wasn't uh he was working for Philly it wasn't the GM right so I think it was all part of uh Still you know, then, yeah. going to see guys anyway and it just happened well yeah let's talk and maybe there was talks of guys in Loveland at the same time Why don't you go give your opinion and you go there it doesn't happen absolutely do people read way too much into it absolutely and if you really want to make a real trade and then really make a, a stealth trade and then you don't let people there you don't let people know you're there.
0: <laughs> yep. Be sneaky about it. That's
2: it. No easy it is to go in a building, you buy a ticket. game time, whatever it is, like you can buy a <laughs> ticket, you go to a building. You don't need to let people know you're there.
3: So right now when you see Chris McFarland popping up, uh, you know, he is out and about. He's at games, other than Av's games right yep. now this is I, all this is all stuff that has been scheduled and planned out but well, you gotta advance. remember
2: chris's style too uh like compare him to my dad my dad never went to games never different title though right president of the avalanche and it, you know present in in ticket meetings and you know what i mean it's a little bit the job is different now right this is hockey operations And then there's business operations, and and Chris and and Joel deal with the hockey operations. They don't deal with anything else, you know? So now Chris loves to see games. He's always been a grinder. Chris Chris is a grinder. Uh, That's how I've gotten to know him. I knew him on the circuit, you know I mean? Chris is a grinder. Chris likes to see games. And there's there's some people that are like, I I don't want to go watch games. That's not my thing. But I can tell you that if Chris tonight is... uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping he's at home, you know what I mean, after that road trip, <laughs> yeah. but you know what I mean? Then if not, I'm going to talk to him and say, man, we got to have a talk. But uh, let's say he's at a game next week. Uh, you know, Habs playing Detroit Thursday. He, you know, let's say they fly Wednesday, and he's nuts, man. He loves to see games. He might go Wednesday to Columbus if – I don't know the schedule of the NHL right now, but he might go Wednesday to Columbus, and guess what he'll do about it? He'll write a game report about it on Rink now. A lot of guys, they go to games, they don't write reports. Chris does. Chris is a hard worker, you know what I mean? And, and that's, it. that's in his DNA. That's how he got to the top, and that's his style. That's his way of doing his job, you know what I mean? But he loves to be also part of those discussions because they're group discussions like we talked about earlier, and then he wants to know that, hey, you're right. I did see him twice last week, Henrique. you know what I mean? When we were there, I went, and watched, it's written. Look, my game report's right here. So everybody's style is different.
0: All right. I, I hate to cut off the conversation, but we have run way over time here. Uh, Shoot. And we'll talk about it plenty more leading up to the deadline. Oh, so uh, we are wrapping up here. We appreciate all of y'all uh, hanging out with us for an off-day pod. Uh, off tomorrow, but we will be back for the game Sunday. So be sure to tune in for all of our coverage there. We will talk to you on the next one. you all sitting like the mayor.